Thanks for that, Greg. Good morning, everyone. It's good to have you here, the faithful remnant on a long weekend, daylight savings weekend. Um, tonight, oh, today, I always say tonight, I'm used to being here at night. Um, today, we are continuing our series looking at our health. Um, last week, we looked at spiritual health, and today, we are looking at emotional health. Um, and because I'm the only staff member here, Anton put me in charge, and he said, you can do what you want to do, so we're spicing it up a bit. Um, <clears throat> it won't just be a normal sermon with me up the front the whole time, um, but Grace, who is here, um, is going to be sharing. So I figured some of you might not know her, so I'll invite her up um, so you get to know her. Um, Grace, do you want to quickly share with us full name, um, what you do during the week, and, um, I don't know, a little... Th- fact about you which might help us get to know you more. Okay, cool. Um, my name is Grace Alvadino Drake. Um, I attend the night church service here. And what was the other question? What I do during my week, I have short-term memory. Um, I study occupational therapy, so I'm in my fourth year, um, which I love. I also am a teacher's aide at Arden High School, um, and I also am an allied health assistant. So I kind of do occupational therapy with kids who have um, get intellectual disabilities, but also some physical um, impairments as well. So that's what I do during my week. And a fun fact about me, um, <laughs> I don't really know. Oh, um, I guess I, what do I like to do? Say, like, coffee, I really need a coffee in the morning to get myself up. So that's a fun fact about me, and I've had one, so going good. Um, Yeah, Grace is going to be coming up and sharing her journey, um, because we don't just believe in um, just preaching the word, but there's also power in hearing how God's at work um, in our church family. Um, So why don't I pray for us before we get into anything else? Why don't I pray and ask that God would speak to us and that we would be um, humble listeners of him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this morning, um, for yeah the sunlight, um, for the air we're breathing. Thank you that you're the God who provides it. And yeah, now as we come to sit under your word, um, God, would you speak? Um, would we be impacted by your words, the power of your word, um, and would you transform us as we hear it? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. Um, I want to start with a bit of honesty. There's a small crowd, so you're going to have to be a bit brave. Um, can you, firstly, who owns a car here? Put your hand up if you own a car. Yeah, that's a good chunk. Um, secondly, when was the last time you looked under the hood of your car? So let's let's start with days. Who's looked under the hood of their car within the last few days? No one? Um, weeks? Ooh, a few, a few. Months? Years. Thank you for being honest. Um, ooh. Some of you might also have fancy cars with batteries and motors. But anyway, um, I think for most of us here, you guys fit in the less regular category, and that's myself as well, uh, because it's easy, right? It's easy to wake up in the morning, to grab your keys, to get in your car and zoom off, um, or I don't know what your car does, Michael, it just hums along. Um, 
But, yeah, it's easy to do that. Um, now, I know there are many of you who regularly service your car. You might even do it yourself, um, and I wish I was like you. But if you're someone who ignores going under the hood of your car, it works most of the time, doesn't it? It works, you know. It goes well, the car turns on, you drive off, until the noises come in, until the screeches, the clunks, the weird vibrations... And you might dread what it means for your car, what it means for your wallet, what it means for your reputation. So all you do is you turn that little volume knob up a bit more, you drown it out, your favourite podcasts, favourite playlists. Honestly, there's nothing like a bit of Christian music to drown out worrying noises. Um, it, is a, it is the most relaxing thing. Um, or you might simply just not know what to do and you just leave it, ignore it, um, And I think for most of us, that's our approach to emotional health. And by that, I mean the emotions we feel, um, the things going on in our inner life and how we handle and resolve them. I think that's the approach we have. Um, And it's now that I think a helpful definition for us for emotional health is our ability to accept and resolve pleasant and unpleasant emotions. That's our emotional health. That's our inner life, our inner world. And it's something that for many of us, I think, can be neglected. It's something that we often don't look at, that we don't deal with, or you might feel quite stuck with navigating. Um, And it's something I think some of us are unsure of what God says about this topic. Like, you might be thinking, this is a little too self-help for me. Um... Where where does God come into this? Where does God come into this topic of emotional health? Well, we have a God who made us in his image. Um, And as we see in Genesis 1, 27, God isn't a God who's just interested in our spiritual health, but he's made us as holistic beings. And because of that, he has a lot to speak into our emotional health as well. And if you still weren't sure of how God and emotional health link, and if you need an old theologian to help, one of those big wigs, John Calvin says this. He says, without knowledge of self, there is no knowledge of God. Without knowledge of self, there is no knowledge of God. So he's acknowledging that you and I, we can have heaps of head knowledge about God. We can have a relationship with God and know who he is personally, But if we don't know ourselves well enough, if we don't know ourselves for who we are, we won't see our need for God because we're broken people and we need to see our need for God. And it's especially true with emotional health. So that's what we're going to be looking at this week. And as I said earlier, it's going to look a little bit different to the norm um, as Grace is going to share, um, be joining me and share her journey of emotional health alongside this sermon today. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, this different format. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. Um, but right from the start, I want to acknowledge a few things. Um, firstly, emotional health is a personal thing for a lot of us, our inner life, our inner world. Um, to, today, this sermon, it could bring things up um, for you. So I want to acknowledge if that it does trigger things, if what we share... Um, brings things to the surface, um, you're more than welcome to step outside. Um, There's no judgment in that. Um, And I'd love to chat to you if 
yeah, if you're willing um, at the end of the service. Um, I also want to acknowledge that emotional health, it is a broad topic. Um, it is a massive topic. So we're not going to cover everything today, um, but it's my prayer that this is going to be the start of a journey for many of us, or it might help you along in your journey if you're already on this journey. Um, as I'd love us here at All Saints to be growing in our emotional health. Um, that we might see that our spiritual life is connected to our emotional life. And I also want to acknowledge that if you are on this journey, um, if you're seeing a psych or a counsellor, um, getting any professional help, um, it's my prayer that this today is going to help complement um, that journey that you're on. Um, I'm also not an expert on this at all. Um, in fact, I'm going through this journey of emotional health and looking at the inner life myself. Uh, for the past few months, um, I've been seeing a psychologist help me work through burnout, to help work through uh, what's happening underneath um, with my emotional life. So I'm not speaking from a place of having it all together. But instead, I want to invite you in. I want to show you guys, I want to share with you guys what God has been showing me, both through his word um, and through the help of Christian psychologists. Um, so today, in such a broad topic, what we're going to do is we're going to narrow it down. We're going to look into one key area around emotional health, and I think it's a difficult area for most of us. And the, the thing we're going to look at is our those difficult emotions in our lives. Anger, sadness, fear, And we're going to answer the question, what do we do around the difficult emotions in our life? What do we do with them? And to start, we're going to look firstly at the outer world, the things that are going on around us. Um, Yes, for some of you, there might be a genetic makeup that makes it difficult to process emotions. There might be childhood trauma um, that really impacts us. You might have received a lot of poor attitude around emotional health as you have been growing up. Um, You know, you might have been told to toughen up, to not show emotions. But a helpful spot for us to start is to look at the world around us. And it's it's often the culture, our homes, our families, and even the church around us that leaves us unsure of how to navigate our emotional health how to integrate those difficult emotions into our walk with God. Um, And I I honestly don't think it's surprising that it's hard for us to navigate those difficult emotions when you and I, we receive a lot of mixed messages, don't we, around this area. Take, for example, it's probably more permissible for a woman to show sadness, to feel sadness, but not so much to be angry. Or for men... You know, you've been told you can show anger, but sadness, not so much of that. Or maybe you've been told this, that, you know, that get over it. Turn your frown upside down. Have a bit more faith. Helpful things, right? You might have been told, you know, not to fear change. Not to be sad about your family changing or your kids growing up. Or you might have come from a family in which certain emotions were allowed to be expressed and other emotions, we want to we push those to the side. 
but you need to keep your emotions in check so it looks like you have it together. Um, Maybe like me, you came from a family where anger, that was allowed to be expressed and it was expressed, but sadness was a sign of weakness. So don't show that around us. Um, And it forms you. Your family forms you. It formed me. And it's even part of our church culture. I mean, there are verses in the Bible that tell us around these difficult emotions, around anger, sadness and fear, that we should respond in certain ways. Psalm 37 says, for example, that we're to refrain from anger. But then if you look in Ephesians 4, we're told that we can be angry, but just don't sin. And yes, I know I'm missing the whole context around those passages, um, but the point is that it can be confusing. It can be really confusing knowing what to do. And it can be confusing when you're told different things like, as a Christian, you can be sad, but don't be sad for too long. Or as Christians, you shouldn't be sad for that long because, you know, a fruit of the Spirit is joy. So just smile. And add on to that, we live in a broken world, a world that isn't what it should be. Um, Romans 8.22 says that the world is groaning. It's a broken world we live in. And we can be so easily overwhelmed with death, with loss, with trauma. And we're exposed to this pain, exposed to this groaning of the world in volumes that we weren't made for. So what it does is it overwhelms us. It fries our circuits. And we also experience this in a world that craves and approves of the busy life. A life where you should be busy, a go, go, go approach, which isn't conducive at all to us processing what's happening underneath the hood, a pace that's so different to the life that Jesus lived. Um, And it's here in the slowing down of life, um, which was a big part of Grace's journey, so I'm going to invite her up um, and she's going to share with us. Yeah, being emotional, truly emotional, is something that doesn't come naturally to me. Um, Expressing my sadness, um, my despair and my fear are emotions that I find easy to suppress, um, which leaves me with a plastered smile, but also feeling utterly alone. Um, I'd be constantly thinking, I don't want to look too weak, um, or I want to be the fun one. Um, which just pushes me further and further away from what I actually am, which is human. Um, as Viv was saying, it's only when we hear the noises in the car um, that we start to get a bit concerned about um, our health and emotional health. Um, and for me, this rattling started around three years ago, or two years ago, um, in 2020. Um, this was the year um, where the outer world changed a lot. This is when COVID happened. Um, I was doing uni from home um, all by myself for a majority of the day, um, which was day after day and weeks after weeks. Um, And all that time by myself led to thinking about myself a lot um, and not in a good way. I started to hate the way that I looked. Um, I felt uncomfortable in my body um, and I wanted to change it. So I set myself challenges um, yeah, in many aspects of my life um, each day, um, and they got harder and harder. Continuing in these challenges um, led to a lot of physical and emotional change. 
Um, I was in a constant state of being numb, um, not having the energy to think about things that would normally upset me, um, and just cruise through the days, um, weeks, and what turned into months. I truly was blinded to it, though, and that's, I guess, what emotional stuff does to you. Um, the clear signs of my body was not coping, um, and it was obvious to those around me, especially my family. Um, but the devil had blinded me um, and kept telling me to keep it a secret. Lying to my family and my friends um, became a vicious cycle, um, but that was the only option in my mind. Um, yeah, when a lot of physical things um, happened, um, such as me feeling um, like my heart was getting a bit harder, um, when my hair would come out and I couldn't remember what I'd said um, 10 minutes prior, I thought everything was fine. Um, I didn't bring it to God because I didn't think it was that serious. Um, what has God got to do with how I feel? Um, what has God got to do with how I feel about my body? Um, but that's what our sinful world does. It blinded me to the truth of who I was um, and to the help that I so desperately needed. I guess I also had never been exposed to people, um, people who followed God um, and how they also experienced difficulty with how they felt in their bodies. Um, yeah, I just had never heard of people struggling with that. So I thought, why do I need to bring it to God anyway? But it was until the noise of my car got so loud and that others were hearing it um, and begging me to hear it as well that I thought something was up. I thought my mum had been over-exaggerating um, when she constantly encouraged me to seek help, um, but she was really just trying to save her daughter's life. Um, but I turned up that music um, and I drowned out all those people for far too long. Um, but by God's grace, he worked in those people around me. Um, so when I couldn't lift the hood up myself, um, yeah, they lifted it up for me. Um, as Grace has pointed out, we have a God um, who doesn't just leave us alone in our emotional health, but he shows us how we can deal with what's happening. So let's dive in and let's look um, at what he says about our inner life. Um, and the first thing is that you can name it. You can name and explore the why behind your emotions. We need to be reminded that God has given us permission to be human. He doesn't want to censor us. He doesn't want to delete the words that come out of our mouths or hide the things we're feeling. And he doesn't do that in his word as well. I mean, in the psalm we had read out for us earlier, Psalm 22, you see David's full range of emotions. The ones that we feel like God might want to censor out that God might want less of. You see, anger and sadness in verse 1 and 2, as he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. You get anger and sadness and then you get a sense of the fear he feels later on in verse 11. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Those difficult emotions, they're right there in God's word. 
And these words are on the lips of Jesus. Just before he died on the cross, just before he died for you and for me, he felt things and he cried out, expressing his emotions. He cried out words that have been given to us. Words that we might be able to cry out with. Words that help us know how to navigate our difficult emotions with God. Um, And these are words that formed a big part of Grace's journey. God, where are you? Um, Is the sentence that I cried out to God um, when I found myself in hospital. After a year of pushing my emotions away um, and finally going to the doctor for help. The doctor sent me to hospital, um, so I went crying um, and utterly scared um, with my mum, my sister, Hannah, um, and Tom, my boyfriend of five months. I felt embarrassed and like the secret I was hiding for so long was now out for everyone to see. A few specialists came to meet me and gave their recommendations, um, and one which um, haunted me, which was to be um, admitted. Um, I was to make the decision um, as I was over 18 um, and I was determined not to let that happen. Um, But at that moment, I was still so angry with God. Um, Why did you let me get this sick? Why did you let my secret out? Um, Where have you been? And God, just where are you? Um, Yeah, but God showed me that he was really the one um, who, and this whole time, has been um, by my side. He provided a beautiful psychiatrist um, who told a shaking, half-concentrating grace um, that I'd been diagnosed with anorexia, which is a mental illness that I have nothing to feel ashamed about, um, but needed to confront head-on. Receiving the diagnosis um, both stunned me um, and gave me a sense of peace. I thought I was handling my emotions, um, doing what made me feel safe and good, Um, But there I was, a 21-year-old woman who loved and followed Jesus, um, but had developed um, an eating disorder. My problem now had a name. It had a diagnosis. um, And this wasn't new news to God. No matter how much I hid it from him, um, he knew. So when I knew what was going on, I knew that I could turn to him um, straight away. From the moment of the diagnosis, um, I felt like it had become my label. Like how animals are tagged at farms, I felt like I had been tagged and everyone just saw it on my face. Um, And in one aspect, it needed to be. My illness um, poses health risks to myself um, and serious ones that often aren't understood um, by people in the community, but also um, eating disorders sufferers themselves. But it's the feeling that this label gives me Um, that has been pretty hard. Shame, embarrassment and pride are feelings that are the most pressing for me um, and are really hard to grapple. Shame for how I treat the body that I know God has given me, Um, embarrassment by how I do that Um, and the pride um, in the feeling of satisfaction I get, which is what my illness does. Through reflecting over my journey, um, I really identify with Eve in the Garden of Eden um, when she first eats the fruit. She realised what's happened and she feels utterly ashamed. Um, Yeah, shameful in what she's done and in her naked body as well. She's in a beautiful garden which God had created just for her and Adam. Um, 
Yeah, but she doesn't feel worthy and she realises her brokenness um, and hides, scared to bring herself before God. Um, I catch myself in that same situation, um, same kind of re- intergener- intergenerational recurring nightmare. Um, I look around and I see my beautiful family and a life and my opportunities, um, this beautiful garden that God has placed me in, um, but I feel so shameful of my body um, and my actions and so utterly out of place. Just like he does with Eve, um, God continually clothes me, but not with clothes, um, but with gentleness and with kindness and with love. My shame and embarrassment and pride he listens to, um, and he constantly is saying, Grace, don't hide from me, but just let me in. Um, I love that last little thing that Grace just shared with us. Grace, don't hide from me. Um, let me in. Um, because that's the voice of God. That's the voice that he speaks over us with. Um, a voice that says that he doesn't want us to hide because he knows us, because he knows our emotions. Um, we've been in this passage a lot recently through this last little series, but Psalm 139 really shows us this, really shows us just how well God knows us and knows our inner life. I mean, just the first two verses show this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. We have a God of emotions who so intimately knows ours. And if you keep an eye out for the emotions that God expresses through his word, you're going to see a lot. Here are some you're going to see. You're going to see that God was delighted, that he was troubled, that he felt sorrowful, that he felt distressed, and also that he was full of joy. And God invites us to not just name what we're feeling, to name the emotions, but to also explore the why behind them. Explore why you feel what you feel. Maybe it's the pride, maybe it's the inadequacy, maybe it's the shame behind your emotions. He invites you to explore that. And it's here that I, I want to acknowledge this. I want to acknowledge that the reason behind some of your difficult emotions will be sinful. Because the truth is that we are broken people with sinful hearts, and a lot of the time, the why behind our difficult emotions it can often be from a broken place. It's why there are verses in the Bible that say, do not fear or don't be angry. They aren't saying don't feel them, but don't let them be what drives you. And it leads us to another thing that we can see, we can do with our emotional life, and that is that you can give it. Whether your emotions come from a healthy place or a broken place, we have a God who doesn't want you to suppress, but a God who wants you to give. I think it's pretty clear that we have a God who knows us, who knows our emotions so well. He knows our thoughts and the reasons behind it. And yet I wonder if that's what might stop you from stop you and me from bringing 
the emotions and the why behind them to him. I wonder if that leaves us suppressing them, suppressing the difficult emotions in our lives, letting the noise under the hood get louder and louder. Because I know for myself, I can have the head knowledge that, yes, God knows me. Yes, he wants to hear from me. He longs for me to share everything with him. But practically, I I step away sometimes at the idea of sharing the sinful why behind my emotions. That I can't, that I shouldn't bring it to him. Maybe I should get it together first before I bring anything to him. And it's here where I want us all to look at Hebrews 4.15. Speaking about Jesus, we see that we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. You and I have a God who empathises, so deeply knows He deeply knows the emotions we feel and the why behind them. And yet in verse 16, he says this, that we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. For the past few uh, past two years, um, as I've been in recovery, um, I've been constantly encouraged to approach God's throne um, with my emotions, trusting um, Him as He goes on this journey with me. Um, I want to stress that this is something that I'm working on every day, um, and I'm very much a work in progress. But we all are. As I co- um, as I continue to approach recovery, I need to. Um, yeah, remind myself um, that I need to give him all my life. Um, if life was a pie chart, um, there were different sectors, 100% of all of the pie chart needs to go to God. Um, and that doesn't mean that I um, yeah, can only save this little piece for me. Um, it's all for him. Um, so for me at the moment, um, this practically looks like talking to God and my support system um, when I want to and also when I really don't want to. Um, yeah, like Viv explored earlier with the Psalms, um, I've loved having that rawness with God um, and my fellow um, Christian brothers and sisters. Um, yeah, crying out to him and to them, um, even when I don't have the right words. Um, again, in the Hebrews verse that Viv just had up, um, God's mercy has constantly been revealed to me. I've been um, learning that no matter um, how many times my illness makes me do things that aren't great, um, God never removes his love. Um, most days are hard. Um, I feel mentally and emotionally and physically drained. Um, but God is restoring and healing my body. Um, God is so merciful in holding me through these rough times. Um, and they can be really dark, but he's always there and he's always my light. Um, I'm not called to be perfect. I'm not called to be happy all the time. I'm not called to have myself together. Um, but I'm called to him. Um, and we are all called to him. Um, And the last bit of the Hebrews verse, um, which says, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, Feels like it could be the summary sentence um, of my continual recovery journey. Um, It has two kinds of meanings for me. Um, Finding grace, which is the grace that God has gifted us through Jesus. Um, This is where I find my faith, um, which is the strongest thing that I can hold on to no matter what. 
um, but also finding grace, um, which is me, um, the girl that he knows intimately, the daughter he created purposely. Um, and as Viv shared in Psalm um, 139, he created me. Um, I'm learning how God created me with complex emotions um, and that I do need help. Um, I'm learning that my diagnosis doesn't define me, um, but only my identity as a saved sinner does. Um, Finding grace has required hard work. Um, Going to a psychologist, um, which is something that I find really scary. Um, I also see a dietitian, um, and that needs me to be honest um, if I'm doing progress, if I'm making progress or if I'm not. Um, finding and restoring grace has been so hard, um, but I'm not alone, and that is what keeps me going. God has put me in a beautiful garden um, with my family and my friends, um, and my church community, um, and professional help. It's never going to be smooth sailing um, because our world is tainted in sin and so broken, um, and that does suck. Um, but God promises that in him I am safe um, and that I will be with him for eternal for eternal life. So I will keep on being restored by him um, until he returns or calls me home um, because God is the one in control and not me and not my illness. When I didn't think I needed him um, interacting with my emotional health, um, he made it known that I did. Um, and when I thought I could do it by myself, he stayed right there. He doesn't bring shame on me or on you. Uh, he doesn't cast us out um, but he is helping me to come to him and he is helping me to continue find grace. Um, we have, we've been reminded that we have a saviour who's been in our shoes, who gets it. And he doesn't judge or try to cover up, but he speaks over us an invitation to approach him, approach a God who feels what we feel. A saviour that in John 11 weeps with his people. A saviour that we can come before with repentance and be assured of the mercy and grace he gives. And for you and me, that's an invitation. It's an invitation to actually value a life that isn't on the go so that we might slow down and be with God that we might approach him with what we're feeling. Um, If you don't know where to start with this, um, it could honestly be as simple as pausing for a minute a few times a day and sharing with God what is on your mind before you move on to the next thing. Um, Or maybe it's allowing yourself to have some margin in your day, not to have things on top of each other, um, but to let go of what you've just been doing to receive the kindness that comes from God, to sit with him before moving on. Perhaps it's journaling what you're feeling, the why behind it, and to be able to bring that to God. That you can say this to God, Father, I don't get it. This is what I'm feeling, and I want you to help me figure what this is all about. And it's not just an invitation for ourselves personally, but for us as a church. It's a challenge for us to be a place where these difficult emotions can be felt, can be expressed. Not just individually, but in community, in your small groups, here on a Sunday. 
We want to be a place where our emotional health and our inner life um, can be shared, where we can be open about it. But maybe for you today, this has been a prompt that you need to get some help. You might want to get some professional help, see a GP, see a psych, um, and start on that journey. Um, And there's no shame in that. In fact, I'd encourage you to do that. I'd love to walk alongside you as you do that. And it's not just about focusing on us as well. Us growing in our emotional health, processing emotions, means we can be lovingly present to others. We can be a loving neighbour. That we can be a good gift to those we walk alongside. That instead of us going, oh, you know, you've been sad for too long, you've been angry for too long, we can walk alongside people, aware of the journey they're on, because we've been on it ourselves. The last thing I want to leave us with is this, though. These difficult emotions, they aren't the end. We've spent a bit of time in Psalm 22, and we've seen David bring things before God, bring emotions before God, but it's not where it ends, ends, and it's not where the Christian story ends. Because the end is this in verse 31. The end is knowing he has done it. That is the end. That is the end for you and for me. An end that points forward to what Jesus has done. And what has he done? He's rescued. He's provided. He's saved. He's forgiven. And he's restored. That is the end of the story for you and for me. And so for us in the midst of this story, we can look at our inner life. We can look at our emotional health knowing that in the midst of a hurried and confusing outer world, God knows us. He knows our inner life and he invites us to name it and bring it before him. So let me pray. Let me ask that God would help us do that. Heavenly Father, you are a God of emotions. God who feels as we feel. A God who's not absent, but a God who's present. And God, for all of us here, I pray that our inner life we wouldn't neglect. Our emotional health would be something um, that we wouldn't push to the side, but that we'd know that you're there with us. That we can name things, that we can give things to you. A God who invites us to approach you with confidence. Um, And so for all of us here, God, no matter where we're at on this journey, both in our spiritual and emotional journey, God, would you draw us closer? Would we feel the grace and the mercy that comes from approaching you? Would you help us do that? Amen.